Welcome back, everybody. This is episode four of Better in Theory. I'm Brenna. I'm Morgan. And I hope everything is going well for you guys. My uh, my story this week. You <laughs> <laughs> sound so bland. <laughs> um, well, you know, we still don't have a a theme song picked out yet. No. I was going to sing the welcome song from She's the Man. Welcome, 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 welcome to Elyria. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted and we definitely don't have the rights to that. Yeah, no, we don't. So <laughs> no. it's not going to be our theme song. No. I don't have anything exciting that happened this week. I don't think I do either. Just another week of being at home. Yeah. And unfortunately... My story this week is sort of about an illness. Oh, no. Yeah, it's a mysterious illness. <laughs> Sorry. Brenda, people are trying to listen to this to not think about the pandemic happening. I know, and mine is literally about the pandemic. Oh, jeez. Sorry. And I just did my notes like an hour ago. Yeah, I also did my notes really last minute. They're really short. I don't, well, I mean, there's not really a lot happening in my story. Honestly, I mean, mine doesn't really have much going on either. God, is this week's episode just going to be like... It's like half an hour long. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick one. Yeah. I hope you guys had good things happen to you this week oh you know what it was easter over the weekend oh my god you're right yeah did you guys do anything good for easter we can't hear you if you <laughs> are telling us that good things happened to you i hope you guys ate like a bunch of chocolate wasn't it passover too yes yeah i don't know if it was was it this weekend I think or was it so? like well happy passover if that's a thing that you say <laughs> i think it is I think you do say happy Passover. Hopefully you ate all the latkes. Mm, you don't eat latkes at Passover. You eat a Seder dinner. Oh, well, <laughs> I saw tons of YouTube videos of people making latkes recently, so... Pretty sure you don't eat latkes. Pretty sure you have, like, a big Seder dinner. I don't know what you eat at Passover, but I'm pretty sure it's not latkes. Oh, well, you can just cut that part out. No, I'm definitely keeping that in there. <laughs> See how much we know? (laughs) (laughs) But, and if you didn't have any chocolate on Easter, now that it's past Easter, it's all going to be on sale. Not that you can go to the store and actually get it, but it is going to be on sale. You can go to the grocery store. Grocery store is essential. Yeah, but is discount Easter candy considered (laughs) essential? It is in my house, <laughs> but I'm not going solely for that. Uh, no. I'll make Alec get it. He's He works, so. Oh, also, I definitely have neglected my sourdough starter because, oh, like, no. yeah, like, every white lady, I started a sourdough starter, and then I was doing really well with it for, like, a week and a half. And then I just got really bored with it, and I stuck it in the fridge, because I was like, well, it's been a week, you know, and it was getting bubbly, and it smelled good, and I was proud of myself, and then I got bored with it, and I stuck it in the fridge, 
and I was going through the fridge yesterday looking for snacks and I <laughs> looked and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I was like, oh, my starter. <laughs> so I'm on, I'm probably just going to toss it. I'm on day three of my starter and it's crazy because I looked at it from this morning to feed it and it already has bubbles in it yeah i'm telling you everyone said that you can't use ap flour to start a sourdough starter but they were wrong yeah like i used all ap and by day three it was bubbly <laughs> you trying to rhyme i didn't mean to i used all ap <laughs> and by day three it was bubbly <laughs> all right i'm moving on here okay so I'm going to get into my story this week. So last week, I told Morgan what the name of my story was because she had asked me for the name of it because she hadn't figured out what she was going to do. And I told her last week that I was doing Rupkun. And then this morning, I was kind of concerned that we were doing the same one. But I did not tell her what I was doing this week. No, all you told me was that we're not doing the same one because I told you that my story, what my story has to do about, but yes. not like the actual story. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I have a list of things that I came up with, a list of topics. Yeah. That I, I have one too on yeah. my phone. Yeah, exactly. Things that I've wanted to cover for a little while. And this has been on there. And honestly, last night when I asked you if we were going to record today, I was looking through the list and I was like, fuck, I don't know what I want to do. And I wanted something that was going to be pretty quick and easy because honestly, I re-downloaded The Sims 4 yesterday <laughs> and I've spent like eight hours playing Sims oh and I did not want to spend a lot of time doing notes because I wanted to spend more time playing Sims because oh, I, okay. put, I put my Sim on a beautiful tropical island, which is where I want to be right now. <laughs> Wait, so are you, like, playing Animal Crossing through Sims? Kind of, right now, yeah. <laughs> so, this is a pretty quick story that I have wanted to cover for a little bit of time. It's been on my list, like I said. This is The Dancing Plague of 1518. <gasps> Wait a second, I've seen this on, um, Mysteries at the Museum or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, The Dancing Plague. Oh, okay. I, I know this one. Well, it's a good one. But is, honestly, I don't know one. the details of it yeah. because it's been a while, so I'm excited to hear. Yeah. My sources this week are from History.com, Encyclopedia Britannica, The Lancet, and Discovery. Okay, I know that you're reading your notes, but it looks like you're just staring at me like so deadpan and it's a little weird. Yeah, we decided this week for the first time to like FaceTime each other. We're using Zoom, but we decided this week to actually video chat each other while we read our notes and... I could just make my notes smaller, but I actually forgot for a second there that we were video chatting <laughs> each other. And I've just been sitting here, like, rubbing my belly and, like... I mean, I can't see that. Oh, so. well... <laughs> I can only see, you know. like... I can only see, like, a, it's like a bus. <laughs> like a, a oh, statue. <laughs> that's awkward. Um, okay. So, July 1518. Strasbourg, which... What? Strasbourg. It was at the time part of the Holy Roman Empire and is now located in France. Oh, okay. 
a woman is it still a place i don't know actually strasbourg france okay so if you do know if you live in strasbourg and you're listening (laughs) uh send us an email better in theory podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram better in theory podcast nice plug thank you we're also on twitter at better underscore theory thank you i was gonna say that next but i couldn't remember what our handle was okay (laughs) a woman named frau trophia and you know frau meaning like mrs walked into the street and started dancing uncontrollably and she kept this up for a few days. What? That's burning until... some calories, man. Yeah. She kept this up for a few days until she collapsed from sheer exhaustion. Then she rested for a little bit and then continued dancing <laughs> compulsively. <laughs> That's just so funny to me. She's like, oh my god, I'm so... This dancing really knocked it right out of me and I haven't eaten or slept. Or drink any water, but I'm going to get right back up. (laughs) Well, after a week of just her, like, literally solo dancing in the street, over 30 other Strasbourg citizens joined in. Okay, yeah. How can you not? You're just going to watch this lady and be like, what a weirdo. Yeah. You just see this, this lady dancing by herself. Yeah. After a month of that. The number of dancers had risen to over 400. I'm sorry. (laughs) After a month? Over the course of a month, 400 people in this little town of Strasbourg started dancing uncontrollably in the streets. And... And, like, not eating or anything. No. They were literally just dancing. Wow. Now, by all accounts, these people were not dancing voluntarily. That's creepy. They seemed to be in absolute pain, moving for hours, screaming for mercy. Oh my god. They were experiencing strange trance-like states, ignoring their swollen, blistered feet, shouting the names of devils and demons, claiming to see visions, and (laughs) had strange aversions to the color red and pointed shoes. I don't know why, um, but there's no explanation for that one. <laughs> that's the part that's so weird. <laughs> not that they're they dancing not, and like, screaming in pain. Yeah. But I red pointy shoes. I guess at some point they must have taken a break to eat food and, you know, use the bathroom, things like that. Because they continued to dance for days and weeks and months. This carried on for a very long time. It started in July and it continued, like I said, for months. Leaders of the town, both religious and secular, thought that maybe they would dance it out, right? <laughs> just leave them. Yeah, just let them dance. So they ordered <laughs> professional dancers and musicians to accompany the crowd, but that only what? made things worse. <laughs> right? They they're only, basically uh, like laughing at their pay and they're like, you want to dance? <laughs> Pretty much. We'll yeah. get you to dance. They built a stage in the town center oh and they danced. And that just made things worse. Now, by September, and remember this started in July, 
things had started to subside, but not before a number of the dancers had died of exhaustion, (gasps) heart attacks, and strokes. And one chronicle actually claims that this had claimed up to 15 lives a day. What? Yeah. Jeez. that... The account of that is not, uh, I couldn't find an actual good source for that. Well, it's from the 15 freaking hundreds. Sure. And there is some controversy about whether or not anyone actually died during this Strasbourg dancing plague, but I'm not really going to go into that controversy because this was not the only dancing plague to happen in Europe there were several others that occurred between the 10th and 16th centuries. Only in Europe? As far as I know, yeah. But I... So it's some weird European thing. Well, I didn't... I did not look to see if there were dancing plagues that occurred in other places. In, you know, Asia, Australia, Africa, South America. Just places that aren't Europe. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) one plague dancing plague started on christmas eve 1021 in kolbig germany (coughs) when and i'm sure that this was not germany at the time 1021 on christmas eve when 18 people started dancing wildly outside of a church and they were cursed by the priest to dance for an entire year as punishment for ruining his (laughs) christmas mass (laughs) And according to a local chronicle, the dancers did keep it up for a full year, and on the following Christmas Eve, they finally collapsed and fell asleep, although some dancers never awoke. But that story is probably very embellished. (laughs) (laughs) That priest was like, there's no having fun at my Christmas mass. (laughs) I mean, according to... From the stories that I was reading, this is not, like, you know, this isn't, like, dancing like we're thinking of dancing. This is people, like, losing their fucking minds. Like, twirling and screaming and really, really losing it. You know, not, like, going to a club and grinding up on some people. (laughs) I'm talking, like, really losing their minds. Like, ecstatic, revelatory Kind of, you know, like they're like in a, a wacky, wave of wavy, inflatable arm man. Exactly, <laughs> wacky, wavy, inflatable, flailing arm tube, inflatable tube man. Yeah, that oh kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of. Yeah, that kind of thing. Another example comes from the German town of Erfurt. Erfurt. Nice pronunciation. Thank you. I tried. Erfurt. Any German, <laughs> any German listening to this is probably like, no, it wasn't. What the fuck? Erfurt, 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 Erfurt. I don't know. E R F U R T. Okay. Erfurt in twelve forty seven, and then in Maastricht. When 200 people danced on a bridge until it collapsed and everyone drowned. Jeez. <laughs> oh my 
god then in how do they can i yeah yeah i mean not that you would know but how do they choose their venues <laughs> is it just like <laughs> everybody made at the bridge we're gonna dance until it collapses yeah Bring i don't bridge down. <laughs> i honestly i can't i can't tell you you know in the theories i'm gonna go into you know well, obviously, the theories about why it started, but I can't say for sure, you know, why they start, where they start. Right. It's just whenever the feeling strikes them. Pretty much, yeah. Then in 1374, the Dancing Plague is said to have swept across Western Germany, Northeastern France, Belgium, Luxembourg, Damn. and the Netherlands. Another epidemic was said to have broken out near the city of Trier that lasted for six months with some dancers breaking ribs or dying. Ah. Yeah. So they were dancing really fucking hard. So vigorous. <laughs> vigorous dancing. And that's it. Like, that is all the information that I have about the actual plagues. It was literally just crowds of people dancing ecstatically in these, basically these trances, just throwing themselves around wildly and honestly injuring themselves and some people literally dying of exhaustion or injury. That's insane. For basically no apparent reason. These are some of the, the times that make me really want time travel to be a thing <laughs> because I would just really want to go see that happen. Well, and you know, you have to think about, like, I'm thinking about the basically plague that's going on right, right now, right? COVID-19. And you think about people isolating themselves and sitting at home. Think about if the dancing plague was going on now and you just like, think about walking into downtown right now or like imagine you're at target and you turn a corner and you watch a woman like drop her groceries and just start fucking dancing right <laughs> like she just starts break dancing oh you know and her kids are just watching her and she's just just dancing and not paying attention to anything and then everyone around her just starts dancing i mean i imagine it would be terrifying oh yeah especially screaming at the top of their lungs and right. looking like they're in pain right yes these are people who did not want to be dancing you know you think of dancing as being like a fun and exciting thing but these people did not want to be dancing these were people who were struggling. They were really struggling. I'm imagining that happening as if instead of COVID, <laughs> it's dancing. So imagine just hospitals overrun with <laughs> dancing, shrieking citizens. Yeah. It, it sounds absolutely horrific. Terrifying. And imagine that this is back in a time when you don't have basically any medical knowledge whatsoever. Right. Your idea of medicine is like, you have too much blood and we have to make it come out of you to get you to be better. <laughs> like, that's your idea of medicine. I can't even begin to think of, of how scary that actually must have been. Because you hear dancing plague and you think, oh, that sounds oh, kind of funny. Yeah, but, and lighthearted. Right. But when you actually think about it and you think of 
three months from July, August, and September of three months of people in the town square just writhing and screaming in pain and they're bleeding all over the place. That's terrifying. I don't like that. No, it's actually pretty fucked up. And uh, with that, let's move on to the theories. So contemporary theories at the time pretty much centered around hot blood. So like I said, people at the time thought, you know, it's the summertime, your blood is really hot, (laughs) and in the medieval times, they thought your blood carried your life force, and they thought, you know, your life force is your spirit, and your spirit's really hot, and that must make you want to move, right? (laughs) Your blood is boiling, so now you (laughs) will be too. Exactly. Your blood is hot, your spirit's hot, you want to (laughs) dance. And, you know, I guess that seemed right at the time, except for the fact that their blood was coming out of their body. Yeah. And it was cooling down, and they were still dancing. Still moving. So that obviously uh, was bullshit. (laughs) Just gonna say. (laughs) Next thing that they thought at the time, demonic possession. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. If you couldn't come up with anything and you had nothing else that you could think of. And especially if they're shouting the names of demons. Right. You know, you're screaming the name of devils at the top of your lungs. You're gonna say, well, it's gotta be demons. Yeah. But then, on the exact opposite end of the spectrum, they thought that maybe it had to do with St. Vitus. Who? St. Vitus is the patron. <laughs> this is um, somewhat offensive. Okay. He is the patron saint of epileptics. Oh. But also of dancing. Okay. And also actors. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's, they just... He's a catch-all. Yeah, Catholics were just like, I don't know, (laughs) you know? Miscellaneous. (laughs) Miscellaneous. I guess at the time there were some shrines to St. Vitus in these areas along the Rhine River in Germany and these regions of France. And around his feast days, people would go and dance because he's the patron saint of dancing. Right. They would go dance around his shrines, and it was supposed to give them good health. I tried to look up the history of St. Vitus and how he became a saint, and it was a very strange and confusing story, and I'm not entirely sure why he's associated with health. There was something about him casting a demon out of somebody, and he got tortured. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, that seems weird. Weird that, too, if people are thinking that this is him, and he's like a saint associated with health, but that these people are dancing and becoming less healthy. Well, so the thought was that maybe they didn't appease him enough, you know, maybe they didn't like dance well enough or maybe they offended him in some way you know maybe they didn't do well enough on his feast day to make him happy and that they they cursed him they got the choreo wrong it's actually really funny that you say choreo because there is now a an actual medical illness called saint vitus's dance 
which is also known as Sindahan's Choria, <laughs> which means dance. That's weird. In Latin. Yeah, St. Vitus's That's dance. Weird. So this was actually an illness that was named after all of this, okay? And this has to do with rheumatic fever, which oh. rheumatic fever comes from scarlet fever when scarlet fever is not treated. And scarlet fever is a strep infection, like strep throat. Yeah. And if it doesn't get treated, then it can cause rheumatic fever, which can cause Sindaham's chorea, aka St. Vitus's dance, which I have a quote here is a neurological disorder of childhood characterized by rapid, irregular, and aimless, involuntary movements of the arms and legs, trunk, and facial muscles. Symptoms can appear gradually or all at once and also may include uncoordinated movements, muscular weakness, stumbling and falling, slurred speech, difficulty concentrating and writing, and emotional instability. Well, I would think... If you're doing all of that, you would have trouble writing. Yeah, that that's fair. That was from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. You know, Alex's brother had scarlet fever when he was a kid. Did he really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, there's no vaccine against scarlet fever. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. You can uh, You can get a strep infection and get scarlet fever, and if it's not treated then you can get rheumatic fever and it can have a whole bunch of symptoms that just get progressively worse and can lead to death as far as i know evan uh was not uncontrollably dancing as a child so (laughs) (laughs) well and see you know that's the really interesting thing is that they named this this disorder after this crazy event that was taking place. Yeah, that is weird. In these medieval times. Well, anyway, now we can move on to the theories that actually have some scientific backing to it. Okay. And I only have two, one of which is kind of less of a plausible explanation, in my opinion, and that would be the first one here. So a lot of researchers have suggested ergotism, which is an illness caused by ergot, which is a fungus that grows on damp rye and other grains. And you may have heard of this, I'm not sure, because some people have suggested ergotism or ergot poisoning as an explanation for the hysteria that occurred during the Salem witch trials. Oh, yes, I have heard of that. And I personally think that's bullshit. I don't agree with that at all. That's a whole another episode. It totally is, yeah. I don't agree with that here either. I don't think ergotism would have caused the severity of what was going on here. I think it could have caused maybe some of the symptoms, but definitely not the extent of the symptoms. Yeah. Now, the symptoms of ergotism that could have been exhibited here would be convulsions, itching, mania, and psychosis. And the way you get ergot poisoning or ergotism is when the fungus that grows on these rye grains is ground into flour and then is made into something like bread and then you eat it. And then you get ergot poisoning. And, you know, back then, you probably, if you're in a desperate situation and you're looking at your grains and you're like, 
oh, this is kind of fungusy, but we don't really have that much grain. What else am I going to do? <laughs> grind it up? Grind it up. Yeah. You grind it into bread and then you eat it. And only afterwards do you realize like, fuck, I probably shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> but I'm feeling a little dandy. <laughs> oh, no. It's like the Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Things are about to get dancy. <laughs> okay, this is like the third week in a row that we've had a Bob's Burgers reference. Everybody, if anyone listening <laughs> hates Bob's Burgers, they're like, "Ugh, not again. God, fucking third week in a row. I'm not listening again. <laughs> but you know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about, right? Yeah. Mr. Fischoder's brother's girlfriend. <laughs> They're about to get dancy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the thing about ergotism in this case is that it does have a psychotropic effect the way that uh, something like LSD might have, but you probably wouldn't have the energy to go dance for like days at a time yeah. if you were suffering from ergotism because it also can cause some other like neurological symptoms, and also GI upset. So if you're out there, like, shitting your pants... <laughs> no one's gonna come and join you. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you're out there spinning in circles and you're just a diarrhea cannon, like, no one is joining you on the square. It's just not happening. <laughs> I'm just imagining... I'm just imagining it, and it's horrible. Yeah. It's so bad. So I just don't think that ergotism is a really plausible theory here. I think maybe, but probably not. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that one. Instead, many researchers think that victims of the dancing plague suffered from a mass psychogenic disorder or mass hysteria. Ah, uh. And just like we have talked about in also, I think, the previous three episodes, mass hysteria will cause people to do a bunch of weird things. Yeah. Strasbourg had been hit really hard in the previous couple of years by bad harvests, high grain prices, syphilis, leprosy, smallpox, and the actual plague, Black Plague. Oof. So citizens were under extreme stress. That will cause people to have some really severe responses. And I'm sorry, but in the 1500s, life right. as it is is not very easy. Exactly. Your life is already pretty shitty. Imagine that things are just even worse. You're starting off at a base level that's already really low, and you think you're already at rock bottom, and then you just keep digging, you know? Your stress level is already really high, and then you just break through the ceiling, and your stress just keeps getting impossibly worse. Or the floor. <laughs> or the floor. Because <laughs> they were dancing. Yes. <laughs> but you might ask, you think about people who have an extreme stress response in this day and age and say they go out and they kill a bunch of people or they have a stress response and they kill themselves or they have a stress response and they have a mental breakdown and they shave their head and they do something crazy. I don't know. They have some kind of what we would consider a stress response today. Right. Why did this 
the stress response for 1518 in Strasbourg turn out to be dancing. Until your feet fall off, pretty much. Yeah, until you fall apart and collapse from exhaustion and die. Citizens at the time may have entered into these trance-like states simply because that's what they expected to happen. They expected to be possessed or cursed by St. Vitus, right? The same way that we expect someone's extreme stress response now to go out and shave their head or to have a midlife crisis and cheat on their wife and abandon their family and buy a car, whatever their extreme stress response is, these people's stereotypical extreme stress response, weirdly enough, was dancing. It was being possessed or being cursed to dance. <laughs> well, and two, if you think that they were already thinking, okay, we've upset this saint exactly, who wants us to dance, we should just keep on dancing. Exactly. And just like other cases of mass hysteria, when other people start doing it, you're pretty likely to start doing it too. So even if it's just one person who thinks like, oh my god, I've been cursed by this saint to start dancing, you look out there and you start seeing your neighbor on the street dancing, even if at first you might think like, oh my god, what is she doing? If you start to feel really stressed and you start to kind of feel lost in it, you might kind of start to get into it too. You might start thinking, oh my god, it's happening to me. And then there's a whole religious element that's involved in it too, because there's a saint involved, and then it kind of becomes its own ritual, you know? It becomes its own religious ritual. Yeah, and the, at the level that it got to, where you said there was upwards of 400 people doing it, at that point you're all feeding off of each other. Exactly, yeah. Everyone around you is reinforcing your own idea, and so it just keeps on continuing. Yeah. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And when it's a regional thing, too, it's happening not just in your small little city, but it's happening in towns and cities across the country and across the region that you're living in. It is just feeding off of each other. Yeah. As for why it started to die off after the 17th century, I'm not sure. There was no real explanation for that. <laughs> They're just like, meh, this happened. We yeah, know. yeah, moving on. So I can't really say for sure. We can't say exactly for sure why people started dancing like crazy in the streets until they died <laughs> in the 10th to 16th centuries. But maybe they just wanted to go out in a way that was re <laughs> reducing their strength. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. I'm going to go with probably a mass hysteria stress response. As someone who has experienced a, a pretty severe stress response to some things that happened and had a pretty weird response to some stressful things, uh, I can tell you that... Severe amounts of stress will really mess with your brain. Yeah. It yeah, does. It can really fuck you up. It makes you have some pretty weird thoughts. So I can definitely see why maybe somebody would think like just going out on the street and dancing and just completely losing control of yourself, why that would be a reasonable thing to do. So that is the dancing plague of 1518. I'm going to throw another theory 
out there. <laughs> sure. Just at the very end. Just like a quick one. Nobody wanted to be left behind. <laughs> All of their friends were dancing. And if they didn't <laughs> dance, then there are no friends of theirs. Oh, no, my God. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my they God. They were all safety dancing. <laughs> this didn't seem very safe. People died. <laughs> they were unsafely dancing. Dance, dance on safety dance. Why did I do this to myself? The story that I am telling is about the lost treasure of Dutch Schultz. You're going to have fun trying to say Dutch Schultz the whole time, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dutch Schultz. Like, luckily throughout this, I, I kind of will refer to him as just Schultz. I don't know that I know this one. Yes. Okay. That always makes me really happy because <laughs> you're a Jeopardy fiend. I don't think I, I don't think I know this. Cool. Well, this will be fun. And it is, well... I guess I can't say it's fun because he died, but... <laughs> oh my god. So my sources for this one are Britannica.com, Biography.com, and VisitMalone.com, aka Post Malone's brother. <laughs> Post Malone, Visit Malone. Home Malone. Oh, jeez, okay. Okay, Dutch Schultz was born August 6th of 1902 by the name of Arthur... Fliegenheimer. Okay, I can see why he changed his name to Dutch Schultz. Because <laughs> he didn't want to go as Arthur Fliegenheimer. <laughs> no offense to the Fliegenheimers out there. <laughs> and of course, there is a one million percent possibility that I'm saying that really wrong. <laughs> but yeah, so he was born in Brooklyn, New York. And after his father abandoned the family, Aww. he started committing small burglaries. Go figure. That's his extreme stress response. <laughs> You're right. Then in the 20s, he turned his attention to bootlegging because that was the crime of the, of, of the time since, sure. you know, it was prohibition. He began to build his bootlegging empire by buying into an illegal saloon. Okay. Schultz was determined to be a big time crime boss. I don't know why I'm rhyming so much. You have been rhyming a lot. I was going to point it out, but then I decided not to. I'm just glad you brought it up yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just in a rhyming mood, apparently. <laughs> he formed a gang with a friend and fellow criminal named Joey No. Okay. They started to sell illegal beer, and they also would intimidate other saloon owners into buying their alcohol. Rude. Biography.com described them as being ruthless because they would even go so far as to kidnap and torture men who wouldn't buy their alcohol. Oh my god. Yeah. That's a bit extreme. Just move on. <laughs> there were plenty of people who were, like, dying for alcohol at the time. I'm sure you didn't need to- In New York, too. Yeah, you didn't need to capture and torture them to buy your alcohol. Okay, yeah. I don't think I like this guy very much. <laughs> no? No. Well, so soon they started to expand into Brooklyn and Manhattan, which obviously infuriated the gangs that were already there. Mm -hmm. Have you seen Gangs of New York? No, I haven't. It's a good movie. <laughs> I'll, put, I'll have to watch it. I have plenty of time. You do. It's a very long movie. <laughs> but it's good. It's got Daniel Day-Lewis and 
Leonardo DiCaprio, <laughs> I think. I don't know. You don't ask me. Really Go sure. ask first time watchers. Yeah. <laughs> one of the bosses of one of these gangs was named Legs Diamond. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, to me, that just sounds like a stripper name. I don't know. I would think Diamond Legs sounds more like a stripper name. Legs Diamond sounds to me like a skiing hill or something. <laughs> like, ah, it's the Legs Diamond. I don't know. I don't know why that made me think of, like, a. maybe it's because I think of, like, a black diamond, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be haunted by a Prohibition era <laughs> mob boss That's the ghost. kind of ghost that I want to be haunted by. That sounds scary. <laughs> it does sound scary, it sounds right? scary, yeah. From a New York mobster yeah. from the 20s? That sounds fucking terrifying. Well, so around 1932 is when Schultz expanded his empire once again, but this time he turned to illegal gambling. Wait, when did he change his name from, what was it, Fliegenheimer? Yeah, Arthur Fliegenheimer. I don't know, but I did see that Dutch Schultz was the name of another, like, crime boss. So he literally just stole this guy's name? Yeah. Oh, wow. Or I guess, or maybe Schultz was, I don't know, but that's what it's, that's what it said. Okay. As far as the illegal gambling went, he put on what was called a policy racket, which is a type of lottery. Okay. And they also operated slot machines. Okay. I'm trying to imagine (laughs) a slot machine and how it worked in the 1920s. Yeah, I don't know. I saw a TikTok yesterday of a homemade slot machine. I mean, it was, you know, like a fake slot machine that was made mm-hmm. out of, like, cardboard. And that was, that was a lot of fun. But that's what I'm imagining. It's like, <laughs> somebody putting in a penny and there's somebody behind the fake slot machine that, like, spins three cardboard things and then, like, shoots out pennies based on, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, don't know. I'm sure that's not what it was. But that's what I'm imagining. I'll see if I can find a picture of a 1930s <laughs> slot machine. Please and put do. Online. Yeah. Oh, I will also have to post a picture of him because to me, he looks like, um, oh my God, what's that guy's name? Jeremy Renner. <gasps> oh no, you can't do that. Mom will, oh no, do it. Mom will definitely listen to this episode. She'll be like, oh, is that Jeremy Renner? <laughs> Why does it look that like that? <laughs> She'll be like, that's weird. He looks old. <laughs> Similarly to Al Capone, he was gaining attention from the federal government and the IRS for tax charges. And of all the things that the these mobsters were doing, that's what they got caught for is freaking tax evasion. Well, I think that was usually like, that was like the only thing they could really, really nail them for, you know? It was like, oh, we can really only get them on taxes. It honestly reminds me of John Mulaney's joke about the old timey bank robbers. <laughs> where he's like, they would take credit for the robberies. You yeah. told them it was gold and Joe was a Suggins gang. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Were bullets free back then? <laughs> Shoot Suggins into the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so there was one prosecutor by the name of Thomas E. Dewey who really wanted to just get Schultz for his gambling. I feel like I know that name. But anyway, I don't know. Go he on. was like a big time prosecutor. 
Maybe, yeah. But before he could press charges, Schultz was indicted for federal tax charges in 1935. Oh, okay. But even though Dewey was not the one to pursue Schultz for the crimes that he was indicted on, Schultz publicly blamed Dewey for getting caught and loudly vowed to, quote, get rid of him, unquote. Not good. No. No, not good at all. Also... I just Googled him. He's also the former governor of New York, and oh. he ran against Roosevelt. He ran against Roosevelt for president, and I think that's how I know him. Yeah. Damn. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just showing me up because I didn't know that. Sorry. Now, apparently, this made fellow gangsters very nervous because he's loudly saying that he is going to have this big-time prosecutor murdered. Yeah. So instead of killing Thomas Dewey, as Schultz wanted, they hired guys from this gang called, and I'm not even joking, Murder Inc. <gasps> oh my god, do you remember the episode of ATWWD where they covered that? No. Yes. Oh my god. I remember Em and Christine talking about the fact that they called it Murder Inc. And they were like, it's a little on the nose. <laughs> yes. I totally remember they covered no, the Murder remember. Inc. episode. Yes. I'll have to go back and find it then. Because it, it's funny that you say that because literally my next note is that's super subtle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these guys were hired from Murder Inc. to kill Dutch Schultz. Okay. okay. Now, as any crime boss would be, Schultz was said to be very paranoid about being killed or going to jail and losing all of his money. So he had a special safe constructed, and in this safe, he hid his entire fortune. Now, the number is disputed, but it's estimated to be anywhere between five and nine million dollars back then. Damn. So now it. Did you... Worth like 10 times that or something. Did you... Obviously, you did not do the math. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to right no, now? No, you don't do it now. We'll just... I don't know. We'll just put it on Instagram or something. <laughs> okay. If anybody is really super interested, go do the math. <laughs> I mean, I'm super interested. But I'm not interested enough to actually do the math. Okay. <laughs> Just as a little side note, nobody knows if that fortune is in cash or if it's jewelry or like gold or something. Okay. They just know that whatever it is, it's worth a shit ton. Okay. So Schultz took his favorite bodyguard, a guy named Bernard Lulu Rosenkratz. Okay. Lulu is not his middle name. Lulu is like what they mm -hmm. called him. Yeah. His mob name. Took him to a secret location in upstate New York, more specifically in the Catskill Mountains near a town called Phoenicia. Okay. I don't know if I'm saying <laughs> that right. And buried the safe. Wait, it this said, is in the Catskills in New York? Yeah. For whatever reason, whenever I think of buried treasure, I always think of like... Like an island? No. Well, I mean, yeah, sure, when I think about pirates, but I think about like empty mines and shit out in oh. like... Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he was in New York. He's not going to go no, all the I way know. to Colorado. He, and he was recently indicted. <laughs> but when you were talking about treasure and lost treasure and you said Dutch, I was thinking like old mining company out in Wyoming or something like that. I wasn't thinking New York. It's a great prospector, Pete. <laughs> Thank you. 
No, I'm um <laughs> obviously it's about the gangs. Yes. Of New gangs York. Of New York. So then in October of 1935, he was at a restaurant in Newark. Oh wait, 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 wait. Let me go back. Let me go back. Let me go back. It's said that after he buried his money, that he carved an X into a nearby tree to mark the spot. Very subtle. Yeah. Super. Very, very on the nose. People back then were really subtle about things. Carve an X into that tree where my treasure is. <laughs> we're going to name our murder company Murder Inc. They just weren't super creative. No. He definitely had other things to worry about because in 19, October of 1935, he was at a restaurant in Newark, New Jersey with four of his dudes. And they were all shot. Oh. Schultz was hit in the stomach, colon, spleen, and liver. Once again, bullets were free, apparently. (laughs) And was taken to Newark City Hospital. Mm -hmm. He began running an extremely high fever of 106. Oh. And became delirious. Well, yeah, that's what happens when your brain turns to scrambled eggs. (laughs) He started spouting off these crazy things, which included phrases like treasure, Venetia, millions, hidden in the woods, and guilt-edged stuff. Right. Also, some of Schultz's last words were, quote, A boy has never wept, nor dashed a thousand kin. Is that reference to a poem or something? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. Another one. Quote, you can play jacks and girls do that with a soft ball and do tricks with it. (laughs) Okay. Which also reminds me of John Mulaney because (laughs) we all used to play jacks out at the soda fountain. (laughs) Nobody knows what you're talking about, grandma. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) This last one is probably my favorite. You know it's good when you're laughing before you even say it. (laughs) Quote. (laughs) Hold on. Okay, okay. I can't look at your face while I read it. Hold on, okay. Would it be better if I turned my Zoom background into a potato? No, it would be very much worse. Okay, anyway, hold on. Quote. Oh, oh, dog biscuit. And when he is happy, he doesn't get snappy. Oh, okay. So now we're on to the theories. And honestly, the list is pretty short. Basically, one of the theories that people believe is that there is no treasure. Okay. That he was just completely delusional because of this fever. And he could have just been talking nonsense. I mean, yeah, I believe that. Others say, though, that the details he was giving were just way too specific to not have any meaning. And so they began searching and they found nothing because, of course, we're talking about it now. (laughs) Others claim that this area is close to the Esopus Creek, which floods often, meaning that any treasure that would have been buried there would be washed away to the bottom of the Ashokan Reservoir. Okay. So basically like lost forever, I guess. Yeah. Lastly, people think that yes, there's definitely treasure. He buried his entire fortune because he's paranoid. But they're two guys from the city and this is in the wilderness. And so they just didn't actually know where they put it. I would believe that too. 
Yeah. And of course, the only two people who know died. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, if they did bury it near a creek that floods all the time, and if it was... I mean, if they buried it back then and it was, say, like, cash or bonds or something, if it flooded and it was paper, then it would be destroyed anyway. That's true, yeah. But I always think about buried treasure type of things as you're never going to find it. No, absolutely not. Especially just because it was so long ago. Yeah, but they're always, I mean, they're always fun stories. And I mean, it's a fun thing to do. It gets you outside, gives you something to do. Yeah. And it's a fun story to tell. And like the hope of finding all of this crazy money, that's really, that really drives people, I think. Yeah, exactly. So as far as my conclusion goes, I think that it's definitely plausible that he was really paranoid, especially having just been indicted. You know, he's he has to know that he's saying all of these, he's throwing these threats out there on a public figure. I'm sure he kind of kind of knew something was gonna come sure yeah and to me i feel like (laughs) if you have a ton of money back in those days it's like yep just go bury it somewhere it'll be fine it'll be safe (laughs) it just seems like a very like prohibition era thing to do in my head yeah or you go and spend it all great gatsby style and end up floating dead in a pool (laughs) (laughs) i think that's how great gatsby ended isn't it yeah no, he was floating dead in a hospital bed. <laughs> he wasn't floating. <laughs> uh, he may have been in his head. Who knows? I don't know. True. 106 degree fevers brains were fried (laughs) but lastly i could also see somebody like him just making something up so that we he stays infamous well that's true or maybe somebody back then found it some of his colleagues or some of his gang people found it and went and recovered it and i don't know or somebody in the area maybe yeah found it and didn't want anybody to know yeah i would assume if you find anywhere between five and nine million dollars in a buried safe in the mountains you're not just gonna go and televise it there was a big fucking x on the tree so (laughs) it's true (laughs) you know something's gotta be there (laughs) hmm i wonder what this x means well that was a good one yeah a short entertaining one yeah thank you guys for listening this week we hope you guys took some enjoyment out of this one and uh we'll stick around next week for our next episode definitely follow us on social media if you haven't already we are at better and theory podcast on instagram and gmail also um if you have any recommendations for stories or you have your own opinions and theories about stories you've already covered send those in to the gmail we also have a twitter called better underscore theory yeah please send us your recommendations for theories that you'd like us to cover i still have a pretty good list but it would be nice to get some ideas of stuff that you guys would like us to hear yeah this is what episode five four. Oh shit this is episode four um, yeah <laughs> this is episode four i think it would be fun to do episode five as kind of like a listener episode and to know the kind of stuff that you guys would like to hear. I have not covered a murder yet. No. I think maybe it would be kind of interesting to do a murder or something like that. Yeah, like something a little bit more on the true crimey spectrum. Yeah. Give us your ideas. We'd really love to hear from you guys. We've gotten a pretty good response already on Instagram. We're getting 
a lot of your likes and your comments and we really appreciate it. Guys, you have no idea how much it really means to us, especially in this time of social distancing when we're not supposed to be out and about. It really means a lot to us to hear from you guys and to hear from people all over who are appreciating our stories and our effort that we're putting in. So it really means a lot to the both of us. I know that for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening to our episodes and coming back every week to hear the newest one. So that is just like the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I am going to try and reach out to people this week and get a theme song going. So hopefully by episode five, we'll actually have a theme song for you that would be really nice to get to get a theme song (laughs) (laughs) once again thank you guys so much for listening we will be back for episode five this has been better in theory